Hello, I am Sandra Ezekwesili and you come to me for hard facts. The world keeps turning and you're trying to keep up. The fight against coronavirus has the option. But there's so much noise drowning out the news. Talking heads, broadcast messages, press releases. They're telling you their side, but you just want the facts. And that's why you come to me. I give you the statistics without spin. Out of 116 million working age Nigerians, 35.5 million are employed full-time. That's 30%. I give you the context. I give you the history. I fight fake news with facts. Kayode. No, Kayode, I will, I will let you talk. Kayode. Kayode, I will let you talk if you let me talk. Kayode. That's why more and more Lagosians are tuning in. Half a million Lagosians. 720,000. 970,000 of you. They know that if you give me your afternoon, I will give you hard facts. I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. The Big Three Global Edition on Hard Facts. Shakumaku, everybody. It's a fine, fine, fine Friday afternoon in the city of Lagos. And the rains are here. So it explains the sort of cool breeze you're beginning to feel. And I'm Aogo Obo and on 99.3 Nigeria Info, what we do every Friday is we look at what is happening outside uh, the shores of the country. We try to draw parallels to see if we can learn any lessons from there. But sometimes uh, there are just no lessons to be learned. It's just what is happening outside the shores of the country. And um, information for you and to, for you to learn and see what you can do with it. All right. Um, remember that you can always join the conversation on... Uh, 99.3 Nigeria Info on Twitter at um, Nigeria Info FM. The hashtag is Nigeria Info HF for you to send your comments, messages, suggestions. We'd love to hear uh, from you. And um, when we are done with um, um, with the global review, the, the three big stories for from the global scene today, we'll have um, Public Square at the top of the hour uh, with Rotary Sankori. Uh, together, we will be looking at um, issues around health. This week was a big week uh, around health. The World Health Day was marked early on the week, so we'd have the opportunity to look at many of the critical issues uh, concerning health uh, care. And then, as the news at the top of the hour, all the way till 6 p.m., where we've got a big major news bulletin. And then um, after that, you've got Samuel Ifine coming in for uh, music and moments. Uh, there will be also the opportunity to win 10,000 naira now. Wonderful game show brought to you by Creditville. Um, uh, just a minute. But if you are ready for me, I am ready for you. Global edition on hard facts.
God Save the Queen and you hear that you know something big uh, is about to happen or has happened. And so the royal family has announced that Prince Philip, the irascible and tough-minded husband of Queen Elizabeth II, has spent more than seven decades supporting his wife in a role that both defined and constricted his life has died, according to Buckingham Palace. And it's the biggest story online. Um, on Twitter in Nigeria, it is the biggest story. It was age 99 years. And um, such a strong character. He headed hundreds of charities, founded programs, and helped uh, British school children participate in challenging outdoor adventures and played a prominent part in raising his four children, including his eldest son, Prince Charles, who is heir to the throne. He spent about a month in hospital earlier this year uh, before being uh, asked to go home on the 16th of March to return to Windsor uh, Castle, and it's where he had passed on. In the statement, which was put up out by the palace, says that um, it is with deep sorrow and Her Majesty the Queen has announced uh, the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, Mm. And so hats go out to him. And, and why, why this story resonates so much, and you know, and I, I think about it, seven decades, something for the younger folks to think about that a man will spend his entire 70 years. Huh? 70 years. And the role that he played is something that many, many men in this part um, would have been because he was unprecedented um, the, the, the consort to the husband you know in public he'll call her um, the queen huh? that's what he'll call her but in private he called his wife Lilibet and um, in public he stood at the background while uh, the queen carried out her duties and um, which is what he had to do um, over the decades his his image changed from that of a handsome, dashing athlete to sometimes an arrogant and insensitive guy, you know. But in his later years, uh, you've had stories about how even in the public, you know, the Queen uh, did control the affairs. But in the palace, he was the one behind many of the policies. And I'm sure many men be thinking, if my wife was the Queen, uh, would I just be okay to stay at the back? Which is something that women do very well. The First Lady uh, role, they, they stay behind and... Is the traditional role that people are used to, but with the Queen of England, it was a different matter entirely, and His Royal Highness, uh, Prince Philip, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, his position was a challenging one because, um, like I said, there is no official role for the husband of a sovereign queen, and his life was marked by extraordinary contradictions between his public and private duties. He always walked free paces behind his wife in public in a show of deference to the monarch but he was the head of the family in private still his son charles as heir to the throne had a larger income as well as access to the high level government papers philip was not permitted to see they often took a a, a wry approach to his unusual place at the royal table was once quoted as saying constitutionally constitutionally I don't exist. <laughs> Who in 2009, uh, he became the longest seven consort uh, or spouse to the Queen in British history, uh, who surpassed Queen, Queen Charlotte, who had married King George II in the 18th uh, century. 
uh, plenty, plenty for you to think about, right? Um, uh, uh, good. Uh, sorted that one out. Um, so he, he frequently struggled to find his place, a friction that would later uh, be echoed in his grandson, Prince Harry's decision uh, to give up royal duties. Harry couldn't even go through that one. But I wonder how many, how many of you can play these sort of roles. Work paces behind your wife, the queen. Call her the queen in public. In fact, your entire life, you are the... Uh, the mercy of the queen. You have to go according to the tradition. But such a gentleman, uh, His Royal Highness, uh, Prince Philip, who's passed on. And um, all across tributes have been paid. There have been reactions worldwide and everyone having a say. It's an age-long tradition. And I'm sure many of you would have wondered uh, if you had a female president, what would have happened was a question. But this is the answer to it. And he was asked questions many times in public. Uh, whether he's ever thought about it, you know. And he, and he looked... And he said, I never thought about it, and I don't think about it. And that's a perfect, uh, gentle man. And we'll talk about that. You can call in and tell us uh, what you make of this uh, story. Um, I know many men here will be thinking, if my wife became president and I had to be called uh, first husband, um, how, how do I relate to that? It's unprecedented, but you're going to have to define that role for yourself. And Prince Philip uh, did that for 70 years. He gave up his... He had a fantastic career as a... as a... as a... as a military officer. And he could have gone there, but he was constricted to his role as the concert uh, to the Queen of England. And he did carry it out completely. 100% loyalty to the Queen. Was never in doubt uh, what happened in public. In private, it was also said that he uh, took control of things at the home front. Um, I'm still getting reactions all across but I can see reactions pouring in and um, people paying tribute to such a, a fantastic um, a gentleman. Many believe his propensity to speak his mind meant he provided needed unvanished advice to the Queen. The way he survived in the British monarchy system was to be his own man and that was a source of support to the Queen. Said Royal uh, this is uh, Robert Lacius, who's a royal historian, who was quoted here, saying, all her life, um, she was surrounded by men who said, yes, ma'am. He was the one man who always told her how it really was, or at least how he saw it. So that's our first story on Global Review. I, I could go on and on, but I know that there are other stories here I also want you to... In fact, I had such a difficult time editorially trying to see which stories I would go for. This one came up and I said, I have to take it because it's the number one story everywhere, uh, even in the country, uh, everyone talking about this one. Uh, the next story here, I will take this one, then I'll, I'll come to the phone lines, is in neighboring Chad. Elections are about to happen in Chad, and every time um, elections happen in uh, neighboring countries, I'm always very quick to pick them up. Uh, back in the days, I should have grabbed my bag and headed straight to Jemena, but um, COVID-19 no go allow me. But So let's see what is going on in Chad. Its interior ministry says it is now an update to the elections, which is going to be happening um, on Sunday. It's not new, but I can imagine what you're thinking. Uh, <clears throat> right. Idris Debbie has been there for over three decades. I've lost count. I could bring out my calculator and find out um, how long Debbie has been there. But now the Interior Ministry is saying that it has arrested several people after uncovering a plot to assassinate prominent political figures and bomb polling stations and the Electoral Commission headquarters ahead of um, the elections on Sunday. 
politicians were among those arrested for planning killings of opposition and civil society leaders in an attempt to frame the government, the ministry said in a statement. So this is a case of uh, the fifth columnist, like people say. So, uh, well, let's go ahead. Can a house be divided against? I'm sure that's the question you're asking. Rights groups and opposition politicians, the authorities have cracked down on dissent ahead of uh, the poll. Um, President Idris Deby is poised to extend his three-decade rule. One presidential candidate, Yaya Dilo, has been in hiding since uh, two people, including his mother, were killed in an assault at his home in February. Opposition leaders have called for a boycott in protest against Debbie's leadership at the president's announcement to seek a sixth term. And February packed violent demonstrations across the central uh, uh, African country. And those demonstrations have continued. Do you, do you think uh, opposition boycotting elections in um, this time in... I, I like the chat in Central Africa, but in my mind it's still West Africa because it's neighboring us. Do you think... Uh, that um, the boycott of elections will will, will solve uh, this uh, multi-decade um, holding on to power in the African continent. I'd like to know what you think about it. Um, I've seen a number of elections where people try to boycott the elections, saying that if they did boycott the elections, it will uh, take away the the validity of that of that poll. So uh, you call us and tell us. Um, what you think. There have been reactions from a number of opposition candidates, those who haven't been picked up. Um, Daram's brother, Finamu Daram, says, our country has become a jungle. That's Chad. And uh, repressions on opponents are increasing a few days ahead of the poll. It's not immediately clear how many other people have been arrested if they all share uh, the same political affiliations. So that's the update to the polls happening on Sunday in Chad, where Idris Deby is poised to increase uh, his stay in office. He's been there over 30 years now and um, looks more likely to win than lose. Uh, the ones who have boycotted, lucky for them, others who did not boycott have been arrested in a plot with the government in its uh, interior ministry of defense statement. says uh, they want to kill opposition uh, leaders and then blame it on the government. So they've helped them in their mind by picking them up before they carry out the plot. I'll go to the phone lines now and I'll come to the third story, which for me is my biggest story on uh, the global uh, Big Three edition. 0700-993-993-993. Call us and tell us what you think about the two stories so far I've reeled out on WhatsApp, it's 0809-597-5805. Again, 0809-597-5805. And then on Twitter, it's at NigeriaInfoFM. Uh, hashtag NigeriaInfoHF. Comments, questions, uh, suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. I see that Kelvin is calling in from Suleri. Yes, how, how, how are you? Hello, Kelvin, I'm fine. How are you? To God be the glory, my brother. Good. I, I am not shocked about the death, the, the one that the role was not shocked. Prince Philip. Well, yeah, I'm not shocked. Yeah, 99 years. He's tried. Yes. Yeah. Some people will tell you that they're shocked. I'm not shocked. Too. <laughs> 99 years, the man lived well. Well. He lived well. to his fullest, and he was a very strong man. Very strong. Maybe his yes. military background. But what, what do you think about this? Um, this role, he had to be there for the Queen for 70 years, you know. He, he always had to be, you know... I was watching a brief documentary of them earlier on today. Right. I, I could see that there was a serious bond between them. They mm. loved each other. Mm. 
Mm. My only worry now, concern now is how would the Queen, you know, manage without this man now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he really loved the Queen, and yeah. um, they lived well. Yeah, they lived well. As of two years ago, the man was still driving; that he had an accident. Very true. And they took his license; he's not driving again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he lived well. He's, he's worth celebrating. He's not a thing to be saddened about or to be shocked. You know. Right. He right. lived well. His, his life is worth celebrating. Right. Regarding your second story, Chad. I, um, I don't think people should not come and display ignorance and tell me that it's an African thing for African leaders to stay long. No, mm. Mm. it's not. We recently, I think a few days ago, we, got, we saw the man in Russia extend right. his stay. Yeah, Putin. And, yes, Putin. And if you go to uh, South America, you yeah. will see long-serving dictators that have stayed for years upon years upon years. Mm. Mm. So it's not an African thing. It's not the mindset of individuals who have just refused to the like, English like power. Mm. You know, when you stay long in power, yeah. you, become, you become disinterested. They don't know. Let, let me ask you a question, Kelvin, very quickly. Um, yeah. you, you know, back in the days when we had the, 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 the military in power across many African countries, it was easy for us to say, if you were um, wearing jackboots and berry, we will distance ourselves from you diplomatically. But somehow they found a way to tweak the constitution so we don't have the military in power, but you have long-time um, civilians in office, and we still have to retain relationship with them. I mean, Nigeria cannot walk up to Chad and say, ah, 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 uh, uh, President Debbie, what, what's going on here? The problem is most of them transform from being a military man to a dictator in civilian you know, attire. Hmm. That's what the problem So it's just all the same and all the same. There's no any change. There's no any difference. Hmm. They have the mindset of they are wearing the, um, the democratic attire, but they have right. the mentality of the military. Right. It's all the same. They transcend. Right. It happens in so many African countries, but right. I think <laughs> hardly, hardly <laughs> we are going to resist it here. It can hardly happen here. Can hardly so happen. it's all the same, yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I think it can, cannot even happen. Central Africa, they, they got the worst case, I think. I'm just looking at the country in Central Africa, and my mind reels in... Um, in stupefaction at the long-term dictatorship you have uh, from um, the Bongo dynasty in Gabon to Biango uh, Basogo and Gwema, Equatorial Guinea, next door to them is um, uh, next door to Nigeria, interestingly. Paul B. have been there since 1982. Uh, Sasu Dennis Nguesu has been there, just extended his rule in the Congo Brazzaville. And now you have Idris Debi also, same Central Africa. So it's a Central Africa of long-term uh, dictatorship. Uh, maybe it's um, the cost of Central Africa. Mohammed calling us from Ikeja. Hello, Mohammed. Hi, Mr. Good, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm brilliant. And how are you? Hello? Yes, it's 6 o'clock, right? Right, right, Mohammed. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Right. And then uh, about the Chadian election, I think uh, the opposition parties, they should facilitate the election because so that they will give the election credibility. Uh, but if they went away and slipped, then uh, I think he's going to be... Well, oh, so sorry about that. Um, I, was, I was going to ask him that, he, well, if they boycott the election or they don't boycott the election, so we're already certain that Debbie would win that election. Will he make a uh, difference, you know, um, if they participated or not? Um, let's see. Hello and good afternoon. Thank you, Ogogo. Shaku Maku. Hey, Makushi. Your name, where are you calling from? <laughs> Yeah, my name is Oluwa Femi. I'll go go. It's been a while, though. Yeah, it's been a while, Oluwa Femi. How are you? Uh, great. I'm, I'm doing well. All right. How about you? I'm great. Go ahead, please. 
Yeah, I, I think when tyranny has been institutionalized, mm. that you get all this. Mm. You know. Mm. Hello. Hmm. I hear. I hear you. Go. Go, go ahead. You, you know. You know. You know. In, 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 it, it, it is endemic to to our polity in, in Nigeria that when people um, get power, they, they they want to 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 look for different ways to make it to to make it impossible for them to relinquish parts to even um, the, 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 the people from, from, from whom they got those powers from. Mm. You know? mm. I, I, I'll go, I, I, I want to say something that it must sound derogatory though. Mm. Mm. Hello? Yeah, we hear you. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to the prince. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, I think... Afri- Africans should should take this as as a lesson. You know, the the role of a male mm. or the role of a man in in a family is not necessarily to be the dictator, to be the head per se. Mm. I mean, I mean, with all ego and and with your you know ego in place, right. that is not how it it, it, it is meant to be. Mm. Um, the man served the woman for over 70 years. That is something to applaud. I like the way you put uh, it. He served, he served her for over 70 years. It's, yes. It's literally it's what he did. Yes, it's something to applaud. And, and, and I think, okay... Um, is this, something, have, is this are, something you're likely to do? If, for example, you're married and your wife becomes the president, I think that's the clause we're going to have, the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, you automatically become the first husband. You don't have a, you don't have a, a role a, a to job. say, I mean, you know. Yes. Yes, uh-huh. yes. I, I, I would do it. Mm, okay. Come on. I, I, I would do it. I, go, go. I, I want to make an inference to um, the history of Egypt. You know, yeah. And, and I also want to debunk this argument that that, that Africans are, are are not likely African men are, are not likely to, to 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 relinquish their role as as a man to a woman. Mm. You know, the in, in the Egyptian um, we had about two two kings. Uh, right. Sorry, two, Queen. two two queens rather. Yeah. I remember Cleopatra. Yeah, God bless you, sir. So so they they. She she had a husband, uh-huh. and the husband also served for for a very long time with us. So right. come on, this is Africa we are talking about. All right, Lua Femi, right. I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm going to have to let you go because um, Thank you. I love the gist so much. I would love to go on, but there's a long queue behind you, and uh, bills to pay very shortly. Um, don't forget 0809-597-5805 for you to join us on WhatsApp if you've got comments, questions. We'd love to hear from you on our Global 3 edition. Such brilliant stories we have here that I think uh, captures your imagination. Many of them are changing stereotypes, you know, first husband and all of that. But let's go to a quick break. We come back and we'll continue from just where we stopped. 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's talk. Uh, welcome back and um, 99.3 Nigeria Info and um, the Global Big Three Edition. I am Agogo Obo. And um, 
So um, we've we've done two. I'm going to rush because because we we press for time. You know, on Fridays that's what usually happens. The Global Trends 2040 report is out. This report comes out every 20 years. That is why I love when it comes out. You grab it, and we're going to dwell on this for some time. So the report summary just says that the world is already struggling with a global pandemic and challenges to long-standing systems and its, its, its institutions and says that it's unlikely to get much relief in the next 20 years. And this uh, Global Trends report um, is put together by the National Intelligence Council and it's released every four years. Uh, so the latest installment, which is what the report which I have in my possession, it lays out some scenarios in which democracies, uh, which include the United States, Nigeria, a number of um, democracies, uh, hope to regain their footing and manage to thrive. But then it warns that it would not happen if they do not first find a way to handle ever more intense and frequent problems. Uh, um, poor and developing countries will be the most likely to suffer and the inability of their governments to adapt and respond could result in new waves of migration, which we've been seeing happen over and over again. And that in turn, according to report, will strain the resources and the capacities of destination countries. Uh, the report says also that these challenges will repeatedly, repeatedly test the resilience and adaptability of communities, states, and the international system, often exceeding the capacity of existing systems and models. The report is also warning that adding that some of the developments could result in catastrophe. So, um, there, are, there are places in the report I've gone to search and see where Nigeria's, Nigeria's name is uh, turning, turning up. Um, there's one that caught my interest. And what they've done is basically do research and uh, do some comparison, qualitative, uh, mostly analysis. And um, they did something, <laughs> they did this one that really caught my interest. It says here, um, titled Selected Worldwide Religious Commitment. Countries that pray and how their um, GDP per capita is measured. The GDP per capita measures the prosperity of a country. This is not GDP now, this is per capita. So they take, the, they take all the money and then based on the population of the country, you now know how rich the country is or how poor the country is. Nigeria is above over 95% in terms of people who pray daily. <laughs> I'm telling you, very high. You know, that's where Nigeria measures very high. Um, we have about 96, 97% of those who are praying daily. But then Nigeria's per capita is at less about $10,000, which is very poor. Um, at, the, at, the, at the bottom of the ladder here, I see countries... Uh, Norway, Norway daily prayer output, according to this report, is at um, hmm, less than 10%. But they are closing on $75,000 per capita. Um, they way smaller population than Nigeria, more, most likely prosperous. So what they try to also find out too is the income inequality. Uh, Nigeria features here. But interestingly, rather than having increasing income inequality, the gap is... Uh, shrinking. So we're having uh, Nigeria falls into a group of countries now where um, income inequality still exists, but then 
it is now shrinking according uh, to the report. Then um, we fall into another group of countries, which include Indonesia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, UAE, Australia, Brazil. These are all regional powers who are seeking greater influence in a competitive environment. Uh, they say that these countries will probably seek to take advantage of new opportunities and to take on roles previously filled by a major power to show up regional stability or gain influence. So, for example, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement is an instrument that a global uh, a regional power like Nigeria can use to expand its influence, to expand its uh, wealth and its reach. Uh, but that is left to be seen in what we are doing presently. But uh, the report shows us that this is some potential for some opportunity uh, that Nigeria can cash in. Uh, after the exit of uh, the big guys uh, declining Chinese influence and all of that. But it's a great report. This is just a surface as crash. But interesting, um, the, the prayer thing got me thinking. Um, over 97% of the country praying every day, but it doesn't show in the wealth of the country. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have the countries uh, like Norway and some other Scandinavian countries who are doing very well, but pray less than population uh, six seven percent daily praying. Oh seven hundred nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. The global trend report is out. Next twenty years it shows a, a, a fractured world. You know, increasingly increasing problems. Um, Nigeria is also mentioned in another category, Mister, which is technological success. Um, so together with countries like Brazil, Indonesia. And India, uh, we have been perceived as countries that have become adaptable and resilient and able to cope with global, uh, growing global challenges because of our technology and how it's being used. Let's see who we have here. Hello and good afternoon. All right, um, I don't have you. But sorry, do call back um, and let's hear what you have to say. Let me go on WhatsApp uh, while the calls are loading. On WhatsApp, 809-597-5805. Good afternoon, sir. I'm Ade from Suleri. Very sad news about the death of uh, Prince Philip. I was privileged to have met him, wow, when he visited my boarding school about 40 years ago. He was a very humble and perfect gentleman. Yes, he served his wife, the Queen, something we'll hardly find in Africa, especially Nigeria, exclamation mark. I'm very sure in Nigeria, the husband will be seen in full control instead of the wife. That's why it's going to be very impossible to get a woman governor president in Nigeria. The men will arrogantly do everything to prevent such uh, to ever happen. But I know some men have been calling and saying, yes, we will. Yes, we can. I want to strongly believe... Thank you very much, Ade, for your message. Um, I don't have your name here, but um, I want to strongly believe there's more to power than the ordinary man out there that does not know, except those in it. I don't know what you're commenting on, but... Uh, would love to hear what you have to say. Okay, uh, Mofe is calling in from a papa, and um, great to have you join us um, this afternoon, Mofe. Uh, good afternoon. Uh -huh, good afternoon. See our problem in Nigeria. <laughs> Tell us about the problem. Everything is God. Everything <laughs> want to go to God. Are you impressed it's... with the numbers? Ninety-seven percent praying day. Yes, with our high number. But look at our economy. Yeah. Bad. Bad. No road. 
no light, no water. We just pray for everything. So what do you the, say? The countries that have um, uh, 767% prayer and are over $80,000 per capita? Because they, at least they are still doing something. <laughs> Check our warehouses okay. around. Mm -hmm. Go to Osho, the expressway. Like even in Apapa, you see many warehouses that have turned to church. Mm. Instead of them to create factories for people to come and work, they are looking for people that will come and pray. Imagine in the Monday, like Monday morning, you pass yeah. some area, you see some people worshiping God Monday morning. Instead of going to work to be productive, mm. God says, when you don't work, you won't eat. No food for lazy man. I don't know how they think they can go and pray and they will go to the economy. Mm. I see mm. the only part we can be there, prayer. Yes, prayer is good, <laughs> but at least when you walk and you pray, that means when you get solution and answer to what you are saying. Thank All you, Agatha. Right. All right, thank you very much. Uh, a praying nation. Um, well, we, we did top that, but um, I wonder what value it is at the end if uh, the uh, economy still isn't where it should be. Um, trying to get his name. <laughs> Hello and good afternoon. I, I, I don't have you there. Okay, because we're pressed for time, I'm going to pick these numbers at random. Hello and good afternoon. Hello, good afternoon. Great. What's your name, please, and where are you calling from? My name is Obina. I'm calling from Ojo. All right, Obina from Ojo. Please go ahead. I want to speak pertaining the world trending report. Yeah, the world trend report, global trend report. Go ahead. Uh, well, well, for me, <laughs> the Nigerian problem is uh, it's not all about praying alone, mm. but it's all about being productive because mm. it's unfortunately like the country you just mentioned, like the Norway. Yeah. I think maybe their government has and know what they are doing to the people, maybe by creating jobs, putting infrastructure, things mm. working well. Mm. But here, even our own politicians, mm. they do pray, some go to church and go to mocks, but the thing they are praying or what they are being taught, they mm. will not even put it in practice. Mm. 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 So that is why I don't think, for me, mm. we are going nowhere until we start doing something good. No, it's not only by calling God alone, but by doing that which is right. Mm. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, great to hear from you, Obina from Ojo. Uh, interesting subheading there. So I was just looking at the subheading on that report, Global Trend Report. Uh, selected worldwide religious commitment. <laughs> I wonder what sort of relationship, uh, if we did a, if we did, um, uh, a, a linear equation, uh, simple, uh, simple linear regression equation is what we call that, between prayer and wealth. And they've done this one. Nigeria is over ninety percent uh, daily prayers, ten thousand, ten thousand dollars per capita. Uh, but just one of the areas which caught my interest. Other things, but what is more important is this: um, is where we should be in twenty years. Uh, Lagos is also mentioned in terms of population places to watch out for. Uh, probably would hit close to uh, thirty million in the next uh, ten years or thereabout. Susan is in Lekki and joins the conversation. Hello, Susan. Yeah, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, so you, you see this um, issue of um, prayers mm. in Nigeria. Mm. I think our issue is not actually praying. It's mm. the fact that we don't balance it. Mm. Mm. You see, if mm. we can pray and also act, like mm. the Bible says, as a Christian, it says, watch and pray. Mm. Before you go into prayer, you have to understand mm. what is the issue on ground. Mm. The problem is when you compare a nation like Norway, mm. they have leaders that are willing to... If you see their leaders, they live very, very humble and simple life. 
where they live, they live in quarters. If you look at their system, mm. in such a way that there's no way that a, a political leader would so lavish himself with the wealth of so many. Right. There are so many things that we would have achieved as a nation. Nigeria is a blessed nation. Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't appropriate our wealth very well. Mm. The, the wealth of this nation is, the hands of, is in the hands of few. And then the few ones that are working... I mean, somebody was citing an example of the warehouses everywhere. Right. What are they supposed to be doing? Are they supposed to be industries where right. people can work right. and make a living? But they are none. They are not. So absolutely. Close, absolutely. And that's it, um, uh, Susan. But great point everyone has made. Um, so talking about wealth, we'll talk about wealth now with Zimvest. They perhaps have the solution um, that we haven't been able to find out for others um, have sought prayers and hasn't correlated in terms of uh, the economic wealth of the people. But Elora probably has an idea <laughs> with how to do the relationship in a more balanced way like Susan has talked about. Um, Laura, good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. All right. Great, uh, great, sir, Laura. Say, Laura, um, Zinvest, you got something for us here, right? Yes. So Hi. Go ahead. Okay, so Zimvest is a Securities and Exchange Commission licensed asset manager. Right. I know that sounded like a lot of big English, mm-hmm. but basically what we do is that we create access to investment products for every unique customer. Mm. So our investment products are available in Naira and USD, mm. and they are crafted with the best in market rates. Mm. So mm. our platform now allows corporate customers to be digitally onboarded. Mm-hmm. And that's not even the best part, mm. because they can keep their ex- capital in our vaults for business Mm -hmm. and earn higher rates than even your banks can offer. Mm -hmm. So ethical investors can now enjoy good returns by investing in our non-interest-free portfolio Mm -hmm. Zcrest Ethicals. Mm -hmm. So with Zimvest, you can have all of your investment Mm -hmm. options in one place. Mm -hmm. And if you're one of the first 1,000 people to download our mobile app today, Mm -hmm. you can start earning some cash. All right. We'll we'll take a a quick break so that people can know so more about Zinvest and uh, we come back and find out how does anyone who is listening for example get um, involved with Zinvest so let's go on a quick break and Laura will come back and tell us about uh, just how you can get connected to Zinvest to save for a new car, house rent, or your next vacation, or be financially ready to get yourself a COVID vaccine next year. Let Zinvest Aspire keep you in check. Need low-risk investment option with attractive rates? Zinvest High Yields is your best bet. Zcrest Investment Managers, Zinvest is a SEC-licensed asset management company. At Zinvest, professional asset managers with industry expertise dedicate time in to preserving your wealth. Zimvest has a web platform that enables you invest in a range of investment products that offers you good returns. Visit www.zimvest.com.ng to get started. Zimvest, demystifying wealth from creation to distribution for all. All right, um, back and um, now you got some more information at least from... um, you know, from the ad about Zimvest. And um, enough of prayers. You pray too much. Now you need to know how to make those prayers result in two things. For example, like uh, the Global Trend Report will, you know, balance out, like Susan said, from wealth uh, towards um, 
uh, wealth and prayer. So, uh, Laura, still here with us. Laura, so how, how do people get in, uh, involved with Zinvest? How do they get into this plan? Okay, so to get into our plan, you need to visit www.zimvest.com.ng just to get started. Or you can send an email at ask at zimvest.com.ng. Or you can speak with our private, our private wealth managers on 070-002002. Hmm. So, so go over it again because I can imagine people who run in to get the get their pens and all of that to um, have all the information. Okay. I mean, sometimes I, I, go, I get I get on the WhatsApp and I see people asking questions that I, I ask myself, oh, why didn't they listen very well before? So, uh, go go over it again. Uh, how did they get into the platform and then what uh, numbers they need to call in to be part of um, Zimvest? Okay, they need to visit www.zimvest.com.ng mm. mm. just to get started. Mm. Or you can send an email ask at zimvest.com.ng that's if you have any questions you might need to ask or you can speak with our private wealth managers on 070-002-00220 all right laura thank you very much have we have we, have we forgotten everything have we said everything have you yes yes we have okay all right so <laughs> when they come i know exactly what to, what to tell them if they send me those messages on whatsapp but thank you very much uh, laura and uh, do um follow all the information to be part of zimvest for a new car, house rent or your next vacation or be financially ready to get yourself a COVID vaccine next year. Let Zinvest Aspire keep you in check. Need low risk investment option with attractive rates? Zinvest High Yields is your best bet. Zcrest Investment Managers Zinvest is a SEC licensed asset management company at Zinvest. Professional asset managers with industry expertise dedicate time into preserving your wealth. Zimvest has a web platform that enables you invest in a range of investment products that offers you good returns. Visit www.zimvest.com.ng to get started. Zimvest, demystifying wealth from creation to distribution for all. Right, welcome back. It's still the Global 3 edition on um, The Hat Fact. I'm Aogo Obu. And um, I got some interesting messages on WhatsApp. <laughs> it appears the Global Trend Report. No, but by the way, the Global Trend Report is, all about, is not about the um, relationship between prayer and wealth. It's just some aspect, um, some, uh, some very interesting... Um, uh, researcher decided to go do um, add that element into the report um, the correlation between prayer and wealth and he took it. the other aspects which you find very interesting uh, about um, tech, the role of technology uh, the COVID-19 and the impact and I mean it's some real good report to see and in terms of prediction where it should be another story we're looking at is with the chad situation opposition wants to boycott because the ministry of interior says uh, some opposition politicians were planning to attack other opposition politicians and then blame it on the government they went and arrested those guys 
Uh, how that is going to affect uh, Idris Deby is, is elections on Sunday. He's already been there for over three decades. Um, uh, if you ask me, I say insignificant because he probably would win uh, whether that happened or not. But it just shows you the tighten of the news around the politics and, you know, especially in Central Africa. By the way, I was just looking at, G- at other screens. Djibouti is having an election um, on Saturday, I think, or Sunday. The president of Djibouti is going for a fifth term. <laughs> Uh, here we go. So, this, this messages I'm seeing um, on WhatsApp, um, Paul from Ikorodu says, Good, we pray a lot in Nigeria, but we don't do the right thing. The Bible says prayer without good deeds is dead. Politicians and the people in high positions embezzle funds, public funds, and do nothing to better the lives of the people. Goke from the United Kingdom. There is a time for everything. Time to pray, time to work, ETC. But unfortunately, in Africa, we pray far more than doing the real work. Um, Ajuluchuku says we pray too much it doesn't reflect in our economic life because we play lip service to godliness have you cared to ask as an average Nigerian why they go to church or mosque it's just to fulfill all righteousness I service on lose let me go and join them so they don't call me an atheist hmm. um, Prince Philip Okichuku, Okichuku says um, Prince Philip did not serve his wife rather he served the queen he served the crown people should not get it wrong if a man was king he'd also have served the same way Talking about setting the cats among the pigeons, they'll come for you, uh, Okechuku. Whether he served the queen or served his wife in public, was the queen in the house, was the queen, was the wife. Hmm. Okay. Um, i take this last one. Samuel says, good job, sir. As Nigerians are fervent in prayer, so also fervent in evil and abuses. May God help us. For instance, do you observe those who call you to profess solution? Instead, to contribute constructively, it is abuse reigning causes on the government of the day. <laughs> if you may ask, are these people not praying? In fact, they pray more than Jesus, but when it comes to controlling their emotions, they can't let all of us be the change we want to see. Sam, please, please stop comparing Nigeria with other nations of the world where their leaders have conscience and fear of God or humanity. Even though they don't go to church or mosque or pray to any God, Nigerian leaders are always in church and mosque, but very devilish in their hearts. Righteousness exalts a nation, not multitude of prayers. Righteousness is measured by your prayers, uh, but your actions, uh, says Yinka. All right, um, I could go on and on and on, but um, the barrage of messages have been, been uh, let me not say assaulted, which, which I'm being uh, met with here, we leave another day. I, I hope the other guys will take it up and then let's see what we can do with this story and see where it takes us um, to.